roll that beautiful bean footage. What's going on, Clo Americans? Yes, I was eating. <laughs> I was trying to cover up my face because I was chowing down on my dinner. Um, and let me just tell you something right now. This is going to be a very special show, okay? Because there's a reason why I'm just not eating my dinner. But don't worry, I will not be chewing on the air for y'all. I, I respect y'all too much. Um, but um, I have a jam-packed day today. I have I have so much um, like I have such big news to share with you guys, but I'm I'm not going to share it with you just yet. I'm going to save it till next week's episode, which will be our one-year anniversary. And this big news co- coincided with the one-year anniversary is going to be like an atomic bomb. You get what I'm saying? It's going to be like a bomb. I just made um I just made Tim so happy. Um okay, so I have big news. We will wait until next week to share it. Um in the meantime, we have a great episode and this is a special episode and of course, we're going to talk about um happy pride all of that. I see all the rainbows in here. Let me just say what's up to y'all cuz y'all been holding me down in the comment section. Hey, pretty fly dress. Haven't seen you in a bit. How are you doing? Who was here first? Um, Bryce's was here first. How are you, Bryce's? Good. Thank you. Welcome back. Oh, we missed you so much, Bryce's. Allie B. Thank you. Allie B also hit me um, on IG. I remember I told you guys last week, if you want to hit me on IG, hit me in the DM so I can know who your IG is versus who your comment ID is so I can like understand who I'm talking to and get to follow you and learn you guys as well because I appreciate you guys supporting me. Hey, Brooke, what's going on? Hey, Frank. Hey, Santino. Hey, everybody that's joining us that's new and all these returning people. Renina, hey, girl. Renina told me she hit me up. She was like, Chloe, I want to come on the show. I want to join the show. We are going to be doing that later in the episode where you can um, text me and I will send you the link to the episode, um, to the to the studio. And you can come on and talk about whatever from the show that I already talked about or anything different. So, um, hey, Kayleen. Hey, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I see some new names. I don't know. I'm glad. Oh, hey, Marvin. What up, Smitty? Our uh, drummer extraordinaire. Okay. So the reason why, um, this episode is so special. I feel like if you know me, you already know why this episode is so special. Um, I am coming down off of a high. Okay. And because I got this such great big news and my friend, Mary Pryor, friend to the show, she's visiting. And so she always, you know, gives me a nice, uh, thank you for being a host present, i.e. some nice kush. Right. So I haven't really been smoking any flour for a long time because I've been dealing with, I am not pregnant, Brooke, Brooke, shut up. I am not pregnant y'all. Okay. First of all, and if I was, I wouldn't tell y'all because I wouldn't be having it. Cause I told you, I don't want any kids. So now you know that I am um, pro-choice. Okay. Anyway. Um, so Brooke, I don't even know why you said that. I did, I just told you I am high and now you're going to distract me. And now I got to figure out where I was before. Okay. Listen. Okay. So I got high earlier today and, um, such great news. I can't wait to share it and know I'm not pregnant. 
Um, and then I started, I had to deal with some stuff with that big news. So that kind of like threw my schedule off. Um, and then it was time for me to start working on the episode of tonight. And so I had everything, right? But because when you're high, it takes you like four times as long to get the shit done. Like normally I can do all the graphics. Yes, I do all the graphics. I do all the illustrations, graphics, photo, whatever. I do all the photo stuff. Everything we see on the show, I do it myself. Um, and Don't nobody care what you do. Just do the damn show. So this is the type of content I have to deal with. Okay. Do you understand why my, my job is so difficult? Do you understand? It's just me and Tim and he don't appreciate the hand that has been feeding him. Okay. So the reason why I brought up having to do the graphics is because when you're high, it's taking me extra long. Now, normally I could do it in like 35, 40 minutes, but it took me like two hours to do tonight's show. That's why there's only five stories. Okay. Nobody and cares. Nobody cares. Just do the first okay. story. First story. No, I'm not doing the first story yet because I'm not ready, motherfucker. So we're going to do it when I do it. How are you going to disrespect me on my own show? Okay. He's only taking advantage of me because he knows that I am feeling really nice right now. And he ain't going to get really, really cursed out. Okay. And he don't know what the news is. I think that's probably why he's mad because I didn't tell him the news yet. But anyway. um, So... While I'm prepping the the graphics for the episode, I'm also um, yes, Marvin. He is killing my height. He knows it. He he's a he's a life size troll. Tim loves trolling me. Tim loves um, sweeping me underneath my motherfucking ankles and and just stopping my progress. Tim is my motherfucking like nemesis friend. He's my nema friend. Um, so. Gosh, stop interrupting me, Tim. Okay, I'm focused. So while I'm getting the stories ready, I'm having like these crazy high thoughts, right? About like what the story is. And normally I don't go that too deep into like what my breakdown of it is going to be. I'm, I know like I'll have the graphics ready, but I don't really know what I'm going to say specifically. Like I'll just know what images I want to show. And then nine times out of 10, when I'll be going on my rants and y'all be like, yes, Chloe, unpack it. That shit is all fucking freestyle. Okay. Do, just do you know how high you sound right now? They already know, Tim, but you coming on here trying to look, police look, me look. is not helping the situation. They know what's going on. This how know. high this how high you is right now. Are you finished or are you done? So I present to you tonight's hot topics or headlines, whatever we're calling them this week. And I am going to read you the real time high thoughts that I had for some of these stories. Okay. So that is a twist tonight, y'all. I'm coming down off a great high. I have amazing news. I cannot let a, a, Tim the troll, steal my thunder, but I'm also going to have fun because I'm reading you my initial reactions to some of these stories that I had an hour and a half ago when I was super high. Okay. And I have not read them over. So I'm just going to read them cold on the air. Okay. Now the first story is not that, um, I got, I prepared, I prepared the first story. Okay, so early this week, if you have been under a rock or maybe sleeping in a bonnet, um, you may have missed that uh, Monique, the comedian and Oscar award-winning actress, let's give, her, let's give her her flowers. Let's give she's a true uh, legendary or, what's the word I'm looking for? 
when you like make a way out of no way. Pioneer. Okay. Give her her flowers. I'm not shading on her at all. I don't want anybody to think that me addressing this bonnet debacle has anything to do with me shitting on Monique. She has every right to say what she has to say. And I also want to say that before we show her clip, Tim, so don't go next. Before we show her clip, the issue with the bonnet debate is not about whether or not you should or should not feel a way if you see somebody with a bonnet, right? You are justified in feeling the way you feel. The problem is, is when you step outside of your head and you open your mouth or you use your physical body to um, encroach upon somebody else's freedoms because you want them to adhere to what you want them to do. And that is the same way we feel when white people tell us we need to stop talking ghetto and we need to use a proper voice. It's the same thing when we go to a job that we've been working so hard for and they tell us you got to cut your hair. It's the same feeling that we feel when we feel as though somebody is taking our freedom of choice away from us as black people in America, right? How many times we had to say somebody's name or make a little poster board image so we can go down to the motherfucking rally or the protest because somebody did something to a black person that took away their freedom. So if you feel so strongly about all of the other things, then you should also feel the same way about women, especially black women, having the right to use a wear a bonnet in public or not. It is not killing you. It is not harming you. It is none of your business. Um, and the debate around it is what enrages me the most because it shouldn't even be a debate. It should not even be a debate. It should not even be a debate. So here was what Monique has to say earlier this week. I've been seeing it, not just at the airport. I've been seeing it at the store, at the mall. I've been seeing sisters showing up with these bonnets and headscarves and these slippers. And the question that I'm having to you, my sweet babies, when did we lose pride in representing ourselves? When did we step away of let me make sure I'm presentable when I leave my home? Let me make sure I'm representing the family I created so that if I'm out in the street, I look like I have pride. So the issue I will take with this clip that Monique, um, we just showed of Monique, is the whole concept of pride, right? Um, this whole concept of pride is is mind boggling to me because when have you ever known a black woman not to be prideful? <laughs> We've been calling ourselves bad bitches since the dawn of motherfucking time, okay? Naked in the, in the motherfucking Serengeti, be like, I'm a bad bitch out here, titties flowing, I, confidence high to the sky. You ain't never had no epidemic sweeping black women where they like, yo, they just so like they don't believe in themselves. Where's they pride? No, black women are prideful and we are prideful in spite of the fact that everybody at every turn, whether it's whiteness, blackness, Asianness, whatever it is that is the opposite of us, they always feel like they have some free reign to say what they want to say about who we are and how we look. And here we are doing it to ourselves, knowing how hard it is. The same way I just explained earlier, if you are so enraged about the way black people's um, freedom of will or autonomy is taken by taken by the hands of, of abusive police departments and then doubled down by the justice system that doesn't help them and then doubled down by the media that depicts them as negative thugs who deserve to die, even though it was like a young kid getting a motherfucking packet of Skittles. Like if you are oh, if you are so outraged by all of the depictions that the media and outside society puts on us to make us look bad. Why would you turn around and insinuate that we have a pride problem, that we need to present ourselves to who? To people who already have shown that they don't care about our well-being. So why? 
It's like putting a birthday hat on a pile of shit. It's still a pile of shit. So it don't matter if a black woman has a bonnet on. The chances are whether she has on a thousand dollar lace front wig, a bonnet, or she's wearing a nice afro. Somebody, some way across the spectrum of humanity is going to find a way to motherfucking encroach on her independence and her freedom and tell her that she don't look good enough. Now, I don't know why I went on that rant. I know why, because I'm high. But um, I did a more calm and collected response to the great bonnet debate. And here is my take. We can go big on this, Tim, so I can finish eating my dinner. It's come to my attention that there's a growing debate about bonnets. And I would like to settle this debate once and for all. Stop policing Black women's bodies. Now that's a short answer, but let's look a little deeper to show how history always finds a way to police black women's bodies. I present to you Exhibit A, Sarah Bartman, most popularly known as Hot and Tot Venus. Go ahead and pause it and read it because I'm not doing double work. Sarah's guardian, AKA her owner, toured her around Europe where he charged white patrons money and they would poke her in the butt with the stick. And when she died, they dissected her body parts and kept her genitalia because black women are just sexy beasts with no intellect and no emotions. I present to you Exhibit B, the Tingyong Law, otherwise known as the Xingyong Law of 1786. Go ahead and pause and read. I'll wait. Racist lawmakers thought that making black women wear head wraps was going to deter white men from wanting to sleep with them. <laughs> Had it wrong, okay? Also, this woman up here, that is Marie Laveau. Look her up, because that is the personification of a Those are just two historical examples of how black women's autonomy was taken from them. Now let's talk about today, current events. Black women being harassed for how we choose to wear our hair is nothing new under the sun. But now politicians are taking note and trying to pass legislation that will protect black women, especially in the workplace. In 2020, California passed the Crown Act, legislation that protects black women from wearing their hairstyle of choice in public spaces. They can no longer be discriminated against because they came in with box braids or lace front or a twist out. And this is the legislation that we need in order to protect black women in public spaces. So the next time you fix your mouth to critique a black woman in public who's wearing a bonnet, be it the supermarket or the airport, think to yourself, damn, I should mind my mother business. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my full critique of the great bonnet debate. And don't you know, don't you know that even after I provided all that information so people can have some historical context to understand why we should not continue to perpetuate stereotypes and misogyny and misogynoir on black women, they still were like, but I still don't think a black woman should buy buy. And it's just like, well, if you don't believe that a black woman should know what's best for her, then you really don't support black women, period. You know, can you imagine? Can you imagine if every time a black man got killed by the police, a black woman is like, but his pants were sagging, though. He had no pride. 
he had no pride. And that's why um, they probably shot him in the back when he was, you know, just putting gas in his car because he out here showing half his ass with his dirty drill showing. So where was his pride? That's how y'all sound to me. That is how ingrained misogyny is in people. That is how ingrained patriarchy is. That's how ingrained we are taught to believe that black women don't deserve. That's how y'all sound. My mother used to dress impeccably for work and on her off days, she would wear a scarf with her casual clothes and look beautiful either way. And all I've ever wanted and still want is to be like her. Oh, Brianna Kristen, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Okay. All right, moving on to our next story. Um, uh, earlier today on Twitter, folks were aghast. I love that word, aghast that Chick-fil-A. Next picture, there you go. That Chick-fil-A um, has been using its money to fund anti-trans policies all across the country. Now, I don't know why y'all are surprised by this because we've always known that uh, Chick-fil-A, which is owned by a conservative Christian family, it is all privately owned. It is not traded in public stocks. That way they don't have to adhere to many federal regulations because it's privately owned so they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Um, they have long been supporting anti-gay legislation such as like the um conversion camps right they they believe that you can be healed from being gay so this is their modus operandi and so now you're surprised that they hate gay people they've been telling you and y'all been ignoring it you've been ignoring it because and don't go to the next picture yet you've been ignoring it because um you like the sauces I remember I used to do a joke about not going to a Chick-fil-A because of, you know, my allegiance and advocacy for the queer community. And I remember people being like, yeah, but it's good. It's good, though. And it's like, yeah, but now I got to ask myself, what do I love more, chicken or my gay friends? And I love chicken, but I love my gay friends even more. OK, so that is a choice I made. I'm not going to say that like I've never had church of chicken, because, of course, when you're traveling on the road and that shit is right there and it's in the airport and it's, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, you know, the Christians is going to wake up like the crack of dawn for Jesus to turn. So, of course, they open where nobody else is opening the terminal. So, of course, go back to the Chick-fil-A, please, Tim. Um, of course, I'm going to be like, all right, let me get my fucking chicken breakfast biscuit. And let me tell you, that biscuit be dry as fuck. I got to put jelly on it now. I got hypertension and high cholesterol and diabetes because the only way you can actually eat a, a Chick-fil-A biscuit sandwich is by putting some great some grape jelly on it to help lubricate your goddamn esophagus to drink all that shit and eat all that shit at 7.30 in the morning. So now, go forward. You're surprised. That they don't like black people. I mean, what they probably don't want to do. But now you're surprised that they don't like uh, gay people. So now we're going to go to what I wrote. Well, I was high earlier today thinking about this here story. <sighs> okay. Like I said, I'm reading this cold, y'all. Go. I did not tell you to go to the next picture. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to read how much Chick-fil-A hates gay, gay people. This is my original thoughts. So this is for Chick-fil-A. Um, you believe that God made everything. Thereby, people who are gay would also be part of God's will. Let's say that's the case, that God is okay with gay people living in existence, right? And if God is okay 
just say for granted we believe that situation. Gay and trans people and all those on the rainbow can live their lives. They can contribute to society, which now leaves you, the people who are against them, with so much time and energy and money to do other things because God says it was okay. Even if we just take it for granted and say he said it was okay for gay people to be here, right? Like all that money that you spend on anti-gay, anti-trans legislation, the bathroom bill in North Carolina, all that money you could use companies like Chick-fil-A to pay better wages, right? That would be the best case scenario for everyone. Now let's try the bad option. God doesn't want there to be any gay people. Maybe, maybe gay people were just a batch of human souls that were just too sweet for earth and somehow sashay shantay their way to earth without God knowing. And you know what God says? He says, you know what? That's okay. I'm going to let them live their lives, you know, this one last time because um, they snuck behind my back. They wasn't supposed to go down to earth because they's too sweet. Um, but I'm going to let them rock out this lifetime. You know what I'm saying? And then at the end of it, they'll go to hell, right? Because they, they, they really an abomination. I'm going to let them have this one last hurrah, right? And even if that's the option, even if that's what's going to happen to them, you know what also it does? It, it doesn't say that you should take it upon yourself to torture them while they're here. And if you decide that you are in a position to judge and punish your fellow human beings, you are in fact taking on the role of God right here on earth. Con the devil is a motherfucking liar. I don't know what the fuck Tim is doing, but Tim about to get fired tonight. Cause I told him before I came on here that I was high and do not fucking agitate me. And Tim is doing the shit on purpose. Okay. So don't do it again, Tim. Thank you. Um, so, but if we decided that you were in a position to judge and punish your fellow human beings, you are in fact taking on the role of a God right here on earth, controlling others and determining their fate. And you know what, you know what, that's worse than somebody being gay, because what you're doing is actually a bigger sin. We're told to love thy neighbor and you neighbor are not loving some of us. Which is why we have to take it upon ourselves to give people flowers, to acknowledge those that who didn't have the life they could have lived because of all this oppression from companies and politicians, et cetera, who just determined that they are gods on earth. And that would be now go to the next picture. Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha P. Johnson was an American gay liberation activist and self-identified drag queen. She was an outspoken advocate and she was at the forefront, the forefront of the gay rights movement when she was attacked by um, the police, New York City police at the famous Stonewall incident of 1969. Um, and we don't hear about her. We don't get to value her or all that she contributed to life because it's been painted as she should never exist. And now companies are still around doing the same propaganda, doing the same shutting down of queer voices, erasing them from history, erasing them from the news, erasing their deaths so that they will never really be invested enough in finding their killers. And we still go and eat their sandwiches and french fries. So again, Happy Pride Month for those who support and those who need to eventually support. I hope y'all figure it out. All right. Let me see what y'all talk about in the comments because I legit was reading something that I wrote earlier while I was high.
They in the comments trying to get sued by um, Chick Fil A, talking about they're going to start a restaurant called Thick Fillet. <laughs> well, Tim, you should invest in that. Tim, you work for a food company before. You work for a uh, uh, all right. I'm gonna add Tim. Tim, you work for a, a a hamburger place. Tim worked for this fucking goofy hamburger place, y'all. <laughs> this goofy Tim. This Tim. Let me tell y'all something. Some people just you, have. You, you, you trying to imply that I was making hamburgers? No, I didn't get to the whole story. I see you jumping ahead because you're trolling right now. No, Tim worked for this company and he was handling like their tech stuff. And they were having this big grand opening in New York City, and he invited me to come. And I was like, free food, of course. But these burgers was fancy white people White Castle burgers because <laughs> because they were charging like $17 for a burger and it was a thin ass piece of thin 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 layer of beef and it had holes in it because they would they scooped out the middle of the burger y'all it was thin as fuck they cut out the middle of the burger and they would put whatever um filling you wanted in it so if you wanted a mac and cheese burger you would get the bread with the lettuce and the tomatoes and the thin ass fucking beef patty with the hole cut out in the middle and they would put a scoop of mac and cheese and a whole bunch of it was horse shit pineapples avocados anchovies it was mad crazy shit and it looked like a motherfucking um apple apple store like that's what the restaurant looked like they had these the, you know the big steps well a lot of you are not from new york but in in the 4040 club y'all gonna ride with me if you're from new york you know those big like stadium stairs like those like the stairs you gotta like it's like two stairs but it's like it's really one but it's like huge and that's where people were sitting at their burgers. So they didn't even give you a motherfucking cushion chair. They gave you some steps to sit on and eat your fucking get fancy. It was food. uncomfortable as hell, too. Yo, I don't remember a lot of things, but that that image came back to me so vivid. That fucking piece of shit. No, I don't. I, they, I mean, yeah. they went out of business, so it don't matter. But it just goes <laughs> to show you people with money can make things happen, right? And so this goes back to Chick-fil-A. They got the money to make things happen. So... Y'all better yeah. come up with uh if come up with thick fillet if you gonna come up with it with it then and make it make it work. Yeah, put Brooke's face up there like Wendy's, like just the big cheeks and Brooke got. I cannot <laughs> not. Thank you. Woo -woo. My green screen. All right. Hold on. Take me off here. All right. Take yourself off. Okay. I'm on a roll, y'all. I'm on a roll. Okay. Next story. <laughs> um, speaking of um. Happy Pride Month. It is Black Music Month. This month has been Black Music Month before it became um, Happy Pride Month. But, you know, we'll share. We'll share. You know, there's a lot of influence from one to the other. I'll let y'all figure out which one is the influencer and which one is the influencee. Okay, so for Black Music Month, our friend to the show, Naima Cochran, has created the Black Music Month Challenge. Go to the next image. Um, this is on Twitter. And if you use the hashtag, hashtag Black Music Month Challenge, you can compete with each day. So today is the third. Um, the third is the problematic song you can't let go of. Oh, my gosh. I, you know what? Full disclosure, I did not look at all of these before I put them up. I just asked Naima. Um, and she is has agreed to pin it, pin it to her Twitter page. So if you go, if you go... If you go to her Twitter page, uh, twitter.com backslash still Naima, um, it's pinned at the top and you can play along. So my problematic song that I cannot let go of is Kelly Price, It's Gonna Rain. Let me tell you something. Whenever that song comes on, whenever that song comes on, I have not been in a relationship in a very long time. But let me tell you, I'm getting cheated on. Okay. 
something that you must know. Don't you play the motherfucking um, videos and try to turn me out, Tim. There's something that you must know. This gonna tell him, gonna tell him, gonna tell him something in my soul ain't right. I can't sleep at night. Wonder what the man gonna say. Pastor said I'm fat in the church. Something like that. Legit. Something about the pastor told her husband, yes, you know your wife is fat, but you gotta love her anyway. I mean, that song, that song takes me down. Okay, like I have been in an abusive relationship for 15 years. We got two kids and I was his lover and his secretary. Okay, so play the game, um, spread it around, go on Twitter, go to Still Naima, Still Naima, and play the Black Music Month Challenge. All right, fun times. Okay, all right, what's the next story? Let me see. What's the next story? Okay, this one, I'm ready. All right, so also this week, we have been reminded that in addition to Black women not having autonomy over how they can wear their hair in protective styles, aka bonnets, Black women, in this case, a, a multicultural Black woman, um, tennis superstar Naomi Osako, um, was reminded that they didn't really care about Black women's mental health as well. You can go to her picture. She announced that she was no longer going to be doing any media for the illustrious French Open. Um, and right after she announced that saying, you know, for mental health reasons, she needs to protect herself and her energy. And I get it. I understand, you know, people asking you dumbass questions all the time, like Tim, like how I have to talk to Tim before the show. I get it. I be wanting to take a mental health break before the show, but I'm like, no, I have to persevere and push on. But Naomi was like, listen, I got the money. I ain't got to do this. You know what I'm saying? So she told him, I, I will be fine. That's okay. So, so the French Open authorities, they decided they were going to fine her $15,000 every time she skipped out on a press junket. And she ate it. She was like, here's 15000 I make so much money. I don't, I don't need the stress. That's what I love about these kids. They were like, I don't need the stress. And so then they were like, we're going to penalize her even more. They doubled down. They doubled down on a massage noir. They doubled down on it. and was like, we're going to find you even more or even expel you. And she said, you know what? Let me take my power back. Let me come over here for a second. Let me talk to you. You think I, you think I need this little party I throw in? You think I need this little game? No, 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 no. I don't need it. I don't need it. And she did a smart thing. She left before they asked her to leave, which is a life lesson, y'all. You need to know this lesson. If no one has ever told you, know when to leave, okay? Do you hear me? Know when to leave. You don't ever want to be in a situation where people is in the elder room talking about you like, I wish this motherfucker would leave. Why? Why is this person still here? Who? Why? No, they don't understand. We, we, we stopped serving drinks. We're not even looking in their direction. I mean, somebody turned the light off and said we was going to sleep. But this motherfucker's still here. Know when to go. Gotta know when to roll them. Know when to fold them. Know when to take your ass out the door. Something like that. Count your blessings. All right. Now, here's some actual statistics that I use um, when I do my fuck your diet lectures and I incorporate mental health as a part of it. And so here's just some information that I share with other people. And I want to share with you all. So we understand that this is not just, you know, a, a little rich girl who doesn't want to talk to the press. 
Okay. So according to the CDC, between January and February of this year, January 20th and February 1st of 2021, more than two in five adults age 15 or older experienced, I, th- I think that's the older, is that, is that the older sign? All right. Uh, one in, yeah, I think it's older because you can't be an adult if you're under 15. 18. Okay. More than two in five adults age 15 or older experience symptoms of anxiety or a depressive disorder during the last seven days. So over a one week span, one in two and five and a one week span, two in five adults experience a depressive episode. Right. And they also said that they did not report their symptoms or their feelings, nor did they seek out therapy for their mental health. Two out of five. Now we got 60 something people watching us right now live. This is two out of five. That's a good number of people who are saying, I, I'm, I'm not really feeling it right now, but I don't know what to do. I don't know who to talk to. Right. And so you have a young woman who says, I know that I have a problem. I need to address it. And this is a way that I need to save myself. And they was like, we don't care. Go to the next one. Every year, one in five adults experiences mental illness. One in 20 adults experience serious mental illness. And one in six kids aged 16 to 17 experience a mental health disorder. 50% of all lifetime mental illness starts at 14 years of age. So these are all the things that we need to be talking about instead of just being like, oh, that's fucked up. They did this. Like the conversation should really be about how can we protect young people? How can we protect all people who speak out about dealing with a mental health issue? And we're just not doing, we're just not doing a good job. We're just not doing a good job. All right. Let me uh, get a drink of water. Uh, Tim, play something because I want to I want to refresh. I want to go to the next story. Take me by the hand. Lie to me. I got I, I to gotta remember to take that shit off. I got to remember. I just have to. I got to remember. Okay, I'm back. (laughs) Sooner than I expected. All right, this next story. (laughs) This next story just started popping up on the IG timeline right before I started doing my prep for today's episode. And this is the story. Sister marries dead bride's husband at same wedding. So, of course, I see a variation of this headline, this eye-catching headline, right? And I'm like, oh, I got to read this story. And so I'm going to show you the bride. Go to the next picture. This is the bride and the groom. Now the story goes, as reported in several media outlets, that her name was Serbi, right? Ser- Serbi or Serbi, Serbi. And she suffered a massive heart attack at her wedding ceremony. This is her at her wedding ceremony. And soon after this, she suffered a massive heart attack and she dies, right? And so she dies before she's married. I think, I don't know if it's before she's married to the husband or at, I don't know, but she dies. So they carry her body off. They call for a doctor to come. The doctor cannot resuscitate her. She's gone. At that moment, the families decide, next picture, that they would have her younger sister who circled here marry her now deceased sister's husband. The sister who is all dolled up, her whole, her body is in another room at the premises. She's dead. 
and they're not even grieving her. They're saying, well, we got to go with this wedding. And the reason why they decide to go with the wedding is for a host of reasons, which I'm going to go into, right? Um, but it is mind boggling because when you hear this headline, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. But then cannabis Chloe kicked in, right? Cannabis Chloe kicked in. Go to the next picture and hold this picture while I read what I wrote. Oh, wait, no, actually, go, go back, go back, go back to the first one, that one. Yeah, stay here. And I'm going to read my high thoughts, my high thoughts to this story. Again, here we go. Let me get some, let me get some water. Okay. Initially, I thought this was some sort of like reality reality show type stuff. But then once I read it, I realized two sinister things were happening. An impoverished family oppressed by a European imposed caste system was eager to get to keep their dowry and honor their family by offering up any daughter to replace the one who died. Getting their daughter married was more important than addressing and grieving the one who just died. It wasn't as if her sister offered herself up. No, the young sister who replaced the bride, she was offered up because in addition to all of them being subjected to poverty, they are still exhibiting sexism. So women have zero agency. That was the second thing I realized after I looked at this story. The first thing that I realized was that the Western European media was having a field day with this story and they even got me hyped. Go to photos forward and I'll show you all the headlines that are covering this story, right? Nope. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, so I was judgmental of, you know, the headline being like, damn, what type of crazy stuff? I, I thought initially before I read the article, I thought that the younger sister probably was like low key poison and the older sister because it was a love triangle. She wanted to be with the man she married. But then I saw the picture of a little girl and she looked young. The sister, the replacement bride looked young. Right. And so I trivialized it, but then I read it. And the reason why I trivialized it with the headline is because that's what the media wants us to do. They do that so we won't empathize or demand justice for people like this. It's the same way how America media goes out of its way to highlight black crime. They lead with a black man arrested, black man killed. And we believe that that black man must be inherently bad. I mean, not we, but them, you know, and there's more of them than us. So the next time you come across a story about what appears to be some poor bastards that probably don't know any better, there's a good chance that the people who told you about that, that story in the first place, you know, propaganda or white, white supremacy propaganda, even though they may not admit that they are or they don't realize it, but it's like the, the dust remnants of white supremacy propaganda. Um, they probably helped put those people in there in the first place. They probably depicted them in a way that contributes to their continued oppression. And then they get to print it in their newspapers or put it in their news stations. Like, look at these, look at these dum-dums. And we sitting here oppressed ourselves being like, yeah, look at those dum-dums. Those are my high thoughts on that story. Okay, before we get to the last story, um, I want to remind all of y'all who are watching that we are inviting y'all to join us on air live. That's right. We've been doing it the past two weeks and it's been so fun. So all you have to do is 
text that number, which comes directly to my phone, and I will text you the link to join us tonight live on air. Make sure you have a nice um, sound system. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, make sure you 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 got you can be heard. Make sure you got some light on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, make sure you look look you look presentable. You know, don't come on here and be like, oh my god, I'm on the show. It's like you know, you took a couple steps to get here, baby. So, um, keep it cute <laughs> and be ready. Um, text that number. And join us, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, please, somebody come on, because I definitely don't want to talk to Tim. I, def I definitely, don't want, I definitely don't want to talk to Tim. So, somebody uh, text me. Text me now. <laughs> okay. So, our last story of the night. This popped up. Tiffany Haddish is going to be playing the iconic Olympic gold medalist and record holder, Florence Griffith Joyner. She's going to be doing a, a biopic and I am happy for this news. I am really ecstatic. ecstatic. If you don't know who Florence Griffith, Griffith Joyner was, um, she was an amazing track star in the eighties. Uh, let's take a picture. Let's take a look at Flojo. Um, and she was uh, really known for her, her great hair. You know, her hair was edges, always, baby hair popping baby here popping and it was extra crispy too because she ran so fast so like the force of the wind would like super like crystallize her baby hair so she was like by the time she got to the finish line it was like diamonds on her forehead um and she wore great makeup and lipstick she really brought like femininity and like you know just just um eccentricness to the field of track to the field to the area of track and field and she also she used to have really long nails and it was hard for me to find a picture there's not a lot of pictures of her out there like so if y'all got pictures of her we need to put more pictures of her out there in a the public domain but she used to have like those long like swv nails well they weren't that long like she was like the precursor like coco she took it to a whole nother level swv but flojo had long nails she didn't have claws. She didn't have talons, but she had nice long nails. And she always had them a bright color. And so she unexpectedly um, retired. She won four gold medals in the Olympics. She has uh, three silver gold, silver medals from the Olympics as well. She still holds two records, one for the 100 um, meters and one for the 200 meters. She has the fastest time. She's considered one of the fastest women in the world. And she passed away at the age of 38, I believe, very young. She had retired uh, several years prior, like almost at the height of her career. She was married to um, to another track star and and his sister was um, Jackie Joyner Kersey. And so they were sister-in-law. So that's why I was a young, they was like, These, the sisters, and I, you know how everybody, they love calling black women that know each other sisters. And they'd be like, no, they're not like, are they not sisters? And they were like, no, no, no. They really are like sister-in-laws. So that's how she's connected to a bigger track and field family. Um, and so go forward. I'm excited for um, Tiffany Haddish to have this opportunity to play her. And she tweeted that, you know, she was going to give it her all. Like she, you know, she was like, yeah, I don't know how I'm ready to show down for this. And it was, and it, I did not read her tweet as being arrogant. Um, I read her tweet as, as being like, yo, I'm about to do the work. You hear me? I'm about to do all of the work. And I believe her because if you know anything about Tiffany Haddish, if you know anything about her story or her upbringing, she used to do a lot of podcasts. Um, So if you go listen to like old podcasts, you could 
um, really like hear her story. Cause you know how people like before they reach a certain level of fame, they'll tell their story um, a lot because it's like, yeah, I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm out here just, you know, trying to get known. So yeah, I'll share my story. I haven't been media trained yet or whatever the situation is. So she would tell her story being a foster care abuse, all that stuff. Um, and so she has a fight. She has a fight and I think she's really good at using her fight and turning it into like positive energy, but she is hungry deep down inside. And this reminded me of another comedian who has something to prove. And that would be. That, go, Tim, go to the next picture. Jamie Foxx playing Ray Charles. So when Jamie Foxx was announced that he was playing Ray Charles. People was like, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. You know, he could play the piano. But we did not anticipate that he was going to lay it all the way down, right? And he, go to the next picture, Tim. He won an Oscar. And nobody believed, nobody believed that he was going to be an Oscar war woman. When you saw him on uh, In Living Color playing Wanda, you did not think that he was going to win an Oscar for playing Ray. So I say a lot, all that to say, I believe that Tiffany Haddish is going to show and prove on this here, um, on this here biopic of Florence Griffith Joyner, Flo Jo. Um, unless, unless it's on Lifetime. If it's on Lifetime, I take back everything I just said. Uh, because I actually recently watched the um, Wendy Williams Lifetime biopic. And let me tell you something about Lifetime. Lifetime always um, tricks you into forgetting that you didn't like the last Lifetime biopic you saw. We always, Every time, it's like, I don't know what they got out there in the Lifetime airways. I don't know if it's like a Groundhog's Day type of situation, because we keep forgetting how much we hated the previous biopic we saw. And even if it was good, we just know that it was being gypped can you still say gypped? Short change. We just know that it was being short change and production value, marketing value, especially when it's black people. It's like they only target to us when it's a black movie. They don't tell, they don't be telling us about the white bitches killing their husband and chopping them up and feeding them to their dogs. They don't be, they don't be airing that shit on WBLS or the Kiss FMs across the country. They don't be letting us know about the white woman who had her daughter's um boyfriend's baby and raised it as a, as a daughter's because the daughter couldn't have a baby because her womb was barren. They don't be telling us about that hot redneck mess. But when it's a black person, they be pumping it hard on our airwaves, telling us to tune into Lifetime. If you don't want us all the time, then don't come after us some of the time. I actually used to work for Lifetime. Um, magazine is folded because nobody was reading it. But anyway, um, those are all of my stories this week, y'all. We made it. Um, I have some people texting me right now. Um, let me Let me play some music while while I text these people back who want to join us.
say amen. We have some people joining us. Uh, see, sister, sister Brooke, I see you cutting up on show. You've been cutting up on show. Yes. Uh, Brother Tim, I heard we need to pray for you, Brother Tim. You've been uh, really uh, putting an evil demon on Sister Chloe's spirit all night, knowing that she was high in the sky with me earlier today. You took it upon yourself to be a, a, a downright scoundrel and hater, uh, Brother Tim. We're going to pray for you and put you on the prayer line as well. Um, we are joined by two uh, faithful, faithful congregationers here at Chloe Cross America. Um, our first gentleman is someone who is uh, making uh, another return. Um, he always comes correct. Uh, his light is always right. His mic is always tight. Please welcome. Please welcome. Please welcome Mr. Brother Smitty. Hey, Chloe. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey, uh, I'm doing all right. Hey, I want to congratulate you on your journey to clean eating because you are way much of a stronger person than me because I love chicken wings way too much. <laughs> Does that mean you uh, do you partake in Chick-fil-A? No, no, I don't mess with them. You know, they're racist and they're homophobic. I, no, I, I can't mess with them. Thank you. Thank you so much for holding it down, Smitty, because these people out here, they they keep forgetting. They keep forgetting what we're dealing with. Right. It, it, exactly. So I'm, I'm going to just get right to it, Chloe. Uh, I want to I want to, you know, uh, make a further discussion about uh, the situation with Naomi Osaka and, and the whole mental health issue. Now, th there could be an argument uh, to say perhaps Naomi could have handled the delivery uh, in terms of announcing, you know, she, she didn't want to uh, engage in, uh, you know, doing interviews with the, uh, with the press after, after the games, uh, you know, cause she first went on social media and basically broadcasted, broadcasted it that way, mm -hmm. you know, so th there can perhaps be an argument that maybe she should have gone directly to you know, the uh, heads up at, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the higher ups at the French Open to just basically say, hey, look, uh, I'm dealing with some, you know, with some anxiety, mental health issues. I really don't want to do all the press stuff, uh, junket stuff, uh, you know, post game or whatever. And they probably could have had something out. OK, so there's an argument that probably could be made that Naomi could have handled that aspect of it better. OK, but aside from that. The problem, you know, the problem that I have, Chloe, is that, uh, well, the French Open for one. Okay, we're gonna find you fifteen grand, and she was just like, "Ha ha, chump change, here you go." You know, threw the cash at him like a, you know, dudes at a strip club or something. And so, you know, so so they, you know, they got pissed, obviously. And to your point, she made the right move. They're saying, you know what, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I'm going home. She took her ball and went home. And so now you don't have that marquee player to promote your tournament. So, you know, in the words of DJ Khaled, congratulations, you played yourself, right? Yeah. To the French Open. Now, here's the, here's the other issue that really bothers me, Chloe, Tim, Tim is, is that... Tim is about oh, to I'm sorry. And I don't want him to cut you off. He's about to play. Go ahead, go ahead and play. Congratulations, oh. you played yourself, Tim, because you've been cutting me All off. All right, yeah. Congratulations, you, you played yourself. Thank you, Tim. All right. So I just wanted to make sure he was an equal opportunist hater. It wasn't just me. Right, exactly. So so here's the other issue that, that really concerns me, Chloe, is that okay, so you had the French Open 
basically or find, you know, Naomi. Okay, you find her, you're trying to, you know, uh, the French Open is trying to send this message. The real, uh, 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 the real problem that I have is where uh, the, uh, where Wimbledon, US Open and the Australian Open, all the other three major tennis, uh, you know, tournaments, all of those authorities had to chime in, you know, with, you know, without, you know, it, it didn't even concern them in this issue, mm -hmm. but yet, and still the other three major tournament, uh, you know, higher ups had to make their statement and to basically say, all right, we're going to clamp down and, you know, you're not going to be allowed to do this, you know? So now something that has nothing to do with those other three tournaments, they had to just make it their business to make, to basically make this statement and nothing has even happened over at any of the uh, of these tournaments yet. Yeah. You know, so why are you even why are you even jumping into the bit? You know, mind the business that pays you, right? This has nothing to do with you. This is just concerning the French Open. By the time Naomi probably got to Wimbledon or the U.S. Open, and and then you know the Australian Open, which is next year, you know. She probably would have been, you know, you know, probably had a handle on things, right? Yeah, so yeah. they probably wouldn't even have to even deal with that. But the fact that they came out and made this statement is highly problematic to me because now it's a concerted effort, a clearly a blatant concerted effort to basically we're gonna keep this Negro in her place, yeah. right? You know, pretty much like how the NFL did Colin Kaepernick, right? We're, we're going to keep, we're going to put, you know, put you in your place and show you who's, you know, the real boss here. So that's the other problem. Uh, and the last issue about this is like, you know, three years ago when, when Naomi won the uh, U.S. Open where she beat Serena in the final, right? And all of a sudden she became this immediate, uh, you know, like media darling, you know, tennis media darling. And everything was cool. And notice how the media right at that point uh, they they always harped on, oh yeah, she's Japanese, she's Japanese, she's Japanese, where she's Japanese and Haitian, right? They they always just focused on her Japanese heritage and just totally tried to erase the, her Haitian heritage. And to her credit, she would always say, well, hey, you know, I'm proud of my Haitian, you know, heritage too. Yeah, so yeah. I'm Japanese and I'm Haitian. And she would, she would go out of her way to always make sure that, hey, you, you know, acknowledge my Haitian heritage as well. And you, know, you know, I remember I remember first seeing her. I'm not a big I'm not a big tennis fan at all. My parents have watched tennis. They love it, especially when it comes to anybody black. So they were telling me about the new black girl. Right. Um, and, you know, we see her and we're like, oh, she's black. Right. Like, right. We're like, right. She mix for something. But she definitely half of us. Half of that is us. And right. I remember she was doing an interview with somebody and they were like, you know, growing up, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I moved here when I was three. Like, I didn't grow up in Japan. I've been I, I grew up in Florida. And, right. And I'm American. Like, stop. Like you said, stop um, picking one side of me and making it seem because I they talked about her being Japanese so much. I didn't even think she spoke English. Yeah, yeah, right. And she's always, to her credit, she's always made an effort to acknowledge uh, uh, her Haitian, you know, background, you know, her Haitian heritage. And she also in other interviews where she talked about the racism that she faced in Japan because they have a deep rooted, you know, uh, anti-black, you know, racial yes. problem in Japan. So yeah. that needs to be addressed as well. Now, the last point I'm going to make is that, you know, once she started to really, you know, express, you know, her blackness, quote unquote, and 
you know, like uh, last year at last year's U.S. Open, she she wore different masks of different names and stuff. You know, she's she's dating the rapper, you know, and he was there at the U.S. Open and they took pictures when she won. And, you know, so she's expressing her blackness. And now all of a sudden the, the, the tennis media is kind of turned on her. You know, now that she's be having the confidence to express her blackness in the open within the tennis world. And the other problem that I have is that they tried to use Naomi to basically use her as like, a, 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 you know, kind of a re respectability, uh, uh, you know, oh. figure mm -hmm. to, to basically bash Serena Williams. So they used one black woman to basically bash another black woman which is highly problematic to me. So we see these things at work here. They, you know, things slip. You know, and when you say it that like that, I think that also it really helps cement the reason why um, Naomi was so teary-eyed. She broke down when she beat Serena because, you know, I think a part of her is like, one, I beat my idol, but also I know that right. now that it's going to change the conversation, right? Like, I, you know, I wanted to just be in her shadow a little bit longer to help protect me and also to lift her up. And now that I've eclipsed her in this moment, I know that she would not be revered the same way she was before. Right. So, you know, and two, and, and Serena came out, made a statement that, you know, hey, I, you know, I feel for her. I wish I could give her a hug because I understand what she's going through because I've been through it my whole career, you know, because she, she just laid it out, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, you know, I just want to touch on one one more topic about uh, in addendum to the tennis world. Uh, I don't know if you read that article uh, about Coco Goff, the the young seventeen year old tennis player sister. I and, and I yeah, read an article. Right, yeah. Well, it was a French reporter at the French Open that said that. I'm reading this off my uh, computer, and and the, and, the, and the French reporter said this to he said this to Coco Goff, quote. You are often compared to the Williams sisters. Maybe it's because you're black, but I guess it's because you're talented and maybe American too. <laughs> like, like really, really, really? Wow. That's why Naomi Osaka wanted to skip all these damn pressers because of these stupid, you know, oppressed people saying, making st stupid statements like that. So I understand. You are, and once again, Smitty coming in, coming in hot. And thank, thank you, Chloe. And always remember, colonizers gonna colonize, crackers gonna crack. And and I'll be hitting that Venmo for you. Thank you so Lo much, Steve. I love you. Hey, come come by this Saturday. Come Saturday. by this Saturday at the Post and B, five to eight. Come come holler at your boy. Get that drink. All right. Thank you. Bye, Smitty. <laughs> Give it up for Smitty, y'all. Holding it down. Holding it down. All right, we have another guest. Oh, is she coming in from? Is she? Oh, I was gonna say, are you at work? <laughs> okay, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, she is a favorite here. I'm so glad that she is here because I know you guys are gonna go crazy in the comments. She's been holding us down since week one, okay? Um, and we love seeing her face pop up in the comment section. We see her little image, we all love to see what hair color she's going to have. So please welcome to the show, none other than Renina Washington. <laughs> How are you, boo? Good. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Chloe Americans. Thank you for being here. Renina is the one who texted me. She was like, I, I want to be on. I, I'm so busy working my new job. So tell everybody what's up with the new job because, you know, we always keep tabs on folks. So my main job, I'm a youth residence counselor. What up, Bryce? 
Brooke. Okay. <laughs> Who that? Hershey. Okay. Um, Allison. Oh, see, this is distracting. I don't know. How to say. Um, so my main job, I'm a, I'm a youth residence counselor for um, a homeless shelter for young boys. Um, but right now we don't have anybody. So I babysit a building basically. Um, and then I, back in March, I trace contact tracing through New York state. So, you know, I buy the people who, um, you know, was in contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID, yes. and, you know, trace them They're like, yo, you got symptoms or whatever. You got a quarantine and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Okay, so that's why you've been so busy that we haven't been seeing you in the comments, but you're here tonight. So what do you want to talk about? Um, I'm going to talk about something that y'all are not talking about, um, probably because, you know, why would you? But um, it's like became a little obsession of mine to the point where I made a TikTok song about it. You know, um, these cousin fuckers. I don't get it. I really what? Who are the cousin fuckers? I know at least three different people from my city, Utica, New York, who done moved down south so they could live happily ever after with their cousin. And they're black people. Yeah. Okay, now, Renina, like first, second, third cousin? like uh, So one of them, they are first cousins because both their fathers are brothers. And so the, does the family know? We yeah. didn't turn this episode into uh, Jerry Springer. Yeah, the family. Breaking now. news, breaking news, breaking news. We talking about cousin fuckers. <laughs> Hot on the press, Renina. So, okay, now, see, now everybody's invested. So, um, cause they, cause they, let me tell you something, Renina, they didn't give a fuck about my high diatribes, okay? They didn't want to hear about the soliloquies that I came out my motherfucking orbs <laughs> when I was high breaking down these news stories. They was in there having a whole side conversations coming up with business plans to compete against Chick-fil-A. Now you're talking about cousin fuckers and everybody paying attention. <laughs> So the the first group of cousin fuckers, both their fathers are brothers, so they're first cousins. And I mean, technically, if you want to say it, I'm related to them, but they're on the other side. This is how I describe them. The, they are my grandmother's sister's son's children. That's who the motherfuckers are to me, okay? So now my question is, what did the family say? Do they know now? Like um, They know, um, and like, they think it's disgusting, but they're not saying nothing. And like the girl cousin fucker, she um sent me a friend request, you know, months ago on Facebook. And the only reason why I accepted it is to be nosy, to see if the shit was real. And it was because um Shorty was on live date night with her cousin, you know, at the Mexican joint. Like what? And how old are these people, Renina? How old are these grown. people? They're grown. They're like, I think she's like in her late 20s and about to be 30. He's 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 older than that. And also I heard that she's preggers. <laughs> uh, see, if Tim was paying attention, he would have played the damn uh, broccoli cat. But he's over there <laughs> sipping on his drink and eating his dinner. Eat, he over there eating his Chick-fil-A that he got from Grubhub while we was doing the show. <laughs> I need, I can't wait. I can't wait to replace him. Y'all don't even understand. I'm going to have him just come on and be my motherfucking sidekick. I was chopping it up with another cousin. I'm like, yo, did you hear about this? He's like, yeah, I just found out when I heard they trying to get married. Well, in Virginia, you can marry your cousins. So them niggas did their research of where they moved, where they flocked down south to. That is disgusting. 
Yeah. So if they invite you to the wedding, um, you- I'm invite, but you want to know something so funny? The day that I did the TikTok video, which is like a parody of Seventh Heaven, but instead I was like kids and cousins, right? And um, the girl did the girl cousin did a sub towards me, right? Like two hours after I did it, and then the guy cousin fucker sent me a friend request. I'm like denied, like no. <laughs> wow, you I- listen. I need to get a brave one. You out here, you out here airing them out. You better hope they don't watch Chloe Cross America. I didn't tag none of them. So um, what's good? You know? <laughs> I, that could that that cousin fucker can apply to anybody. Like, what's good? But you know what? Okay, so I'm gonna play devil's advocate. And I'm not playing devil, I'm not playing devil's advocate on the side of incest, but I'm playing devil's advocate on the sense of people were lonely during this pandemic. You get what I'm saying? This was before Corona. Oh, and then, girl, I don't. This was before Corona. He I don't have nothing else to say. He he had a girlfriend, who's who's prettier than the cousin, honestly. But anyway, um, and they were supposed to. The girlfriend um was supposed to move to Virginia. The girlfriend one exposed everything because she found out about it. And then also, like the cousin fucker, came to the house mad because he with his girlfriend and. And um, when they let her in or whatever, she she jumped on his girlfriend who he ain't related to, and she even did a little time down there for that. Yeah, wait. So that so his ex girlfriend had to go to prison because she beat up the cousin. No, 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 the cousin fucker had to go to jail for beating up the girlfriend of her cousin. Yeah, and then like you got. I, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna give you some advice. You got to You got to denounce all these people in the name of Jesus. Hold on. Let me let me come um, down that river. Listen, uh, brothers and sisters of the congregation of Chloe Cross America, we are going to sit here and just put your hands forward, dear Lord. Put your hands forward and pray. No, you're receiving this, Renina. You're receiving this. You got to open your hands to receive this gift. Open your hands to receive. Everybody, put your hands forward so we can pray to unbound Sister Renina from these shenanigans and travestations and abominations. Uh, we want her to attest to the fact that she is better than all of these scenarios and that she should not give these people any more publicity because there's somebody watching who's like, damn, I do have a cute cousin. So we need to make sure we kill that demon in the name of Jesus uh, and make sure more people tune into Chloe Cross America. Praise him. <laughs> I got my church. Oh, yes. You have the book. Well, Renina, you have been holding us down. Looks true fan. True friend, I actually gotta order me some more black and petty mugs. As a matter of fact, Tim, we're gonna end the show with that with that commercial. But Renita, we're about to tune on out because I'm still high and I got uh I got some more highness to enjoy. But ladies and gentlemen, give it up for none other than Renita Washington. Thank you, Boo, for being here. Appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen. Y'all do. Y'all treat me so right. Y'all treat me so right. Y'all really do. Y'all who watch every single week, y'all who have been brave enough to come on. And I don't know why I'm saying y'all like I'm from the South. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. But thank you to all of y'all who tune in and share. Let me tell you something. I am going to do my due, my due diligence next week. Okay. I'm going to do my due diligence next week for our one year anniversary. Okay. I am planning I haven't started planning, but as of this moment, I am planning a star-studded 
I don't know how many stars, but it's going to be some good people um, who have been highlights if they are available and aren't working the New York comedy circuit. Um, and, and other people who were just amazing subjects and conversations. I'm going to reach out to some folks. Um, if there's anybody that you want to hear back from, if there's anybody from over the past year who you just was like, I want to see what's up with those people, please DM me on Instagram, DM me on Instagram at Chloe underscore Hilliard and let me know who your fan favorite is. Okay. Who your fan favorite is. Um, and we're going to have, make sure that next week's show is great. Okay. We're going to make sure next week's show is great. And I'm telling you full disclosure, the news that I have is so amazing, right? That it's also part of the reason why next week's celebration is not going to be as like grandiose as I wanted it because I'm not going to have the time to do it. Um, but it's still going to be a fun show. So I want you to rock out with me. I'm going to have some guests on. I'm probably not going to have any like best of clips because mama don't have the time to be sitting here and editing clips because I still do everything by myself. Oh, oh yes, a cloversary. Cloversary. That's so cute. I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, okay. So thank you, everybody. Um, have a great weekend. Be safe. Enjoy the summer. Take care of yourself. Make sure you're getting rest and, and, and treating yourself good and getting good loving and all that great stuff. Um, thank you to, to um, Brooke for dropping names right here. And uh, Derek Gaines has never even been on the show. Okay, so now I know you just want Derek Gaines on the show. Um, but we'll see if we can get him near a laptop and a Wi-Fi connection because this nigga be in the streets. Um, all right. I'm just rambling on. You guys are great. I'll see you next week for the one year anniversary. And we can play us out right now. <laughs>